0: a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk
1: KBOI. Meridian residents voiced their concerns at the Meridian Public Library board meeting on Wednesday night over an effort to remove some books that some are calling pornographic and explicit.
2: The Idaho Liberty Dogs, a conservative group, says the library was asked to put what it calls age-inappropriate books away from the reach of children. The Liberty Dogs have identified several books that they're targeting. They're entitled Gender Queer, a Memoir, Sex is a Funny Word, Two Boys Kissing, and Big Hard Sex Criminals. CBS 2 News reports no decision was made by the board and most of the crowd members left the meeting after the public
3: testimony window was over. We talked a little bit about this uh, yesterday, um, last week, and it has been going on once again, not just here in the Treasure Valley. We got uh, more emails in uh, yesterday that we weren't able to get to towards the end of the show as we were talking about this. Um, Gender Queer must be just a horrible book.
4: Uh, full disclosure, I haven't actually read any of those books.
3: I, I have not read any of those books either. either. Well, it's,
4: you know, it's hard for me to judge.
3: Um, Captain Underpants, we've talked about that one. That's been turned into a Disney movie. Must be just absolutely horrible. I or haven't read Dis- that one either. Disney is really trying to indoctrinate kids. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's what's going on here. Well, for, I mean, <laughs> you know, even when I was little, they were trying to get us to spend more money with Disney. The uh, gender queer book, the, the reason I bring that one up, is because in almost every story that we hear about recently, and this isn't just going on here in the Treasure Valley. This story is going on over and over across the country right now. It's almost like they have, they, I don't know who they would be, but it's almost like that there is a concerted effort right now across the country to get some of these books, and a lot of them are LGBTQ books, out of libraries, whether it's school libraries, in the instance of the Meridian Library, which is a library that is open for everyone, not just school aged children. Adults can go in and check out books, unless, of course, they're not books that certain people agree with. And I bring up genderqueer because genderqueer seems to be the book that is mentioned in almost every single story. It was one of the stories, it was uh, one of the books that was mentioned in the story about the librarian who... Has just had it with the political attacks and has tendered her resignation in Bonner's uh, Bonner County in North Idaho. Gender queer was also mentioned in the library uh, in Meridian during their meeting last week. Some of the school libraries here in the Treasure Valley that they are trying to uh, get books taken out of the Nampa fight in Nampa School District where twenty-two books have been removed forever. I keep saying that because. That's basically what was said when they got those books out that they will be removed forever. That's a long time.
4: Kind of hard to judge,
3: too. Gender queer was mentioned in that story, too. And now, um, another story, um, a library in a small town is being defunded because gen, specifically one book, gender queer. They're defunding the library. They're not allowing funding to go to that should, library because of one book until that book is, is removed from the library.
4: They should uh, defund the library the price of that book.
3: Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're not going to give you enough money to buy that one I, we book. Wanna,
4: we don't want to tear down the library because of one stupid book.
3: And I get it. There are books that don't belong. I mean, you, you, you can sit here, and, and we talked about this yesterday. I mean, you you can say, wait a minute. I I, I don't think it's right for kids to read you know, certain books that it's too graphic. They don't understand. I, I totally get that. I don't think the answer is removing the book and not allowing anybody who might be able to understand it might want to read it. Like I said, gen, I use the gender queer book because it's mentioned in almost every single story. You have adults that may want to read that book, and you yeah. just you take. I don't like the book, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that you can't read it in this library. Okay, if if you want to get together and say, hey, what books are available for kids to read in, in a children's library? Then you can put together a staff. There shouldn't be like one person that gets to go, okay, I'm picking this and this and this. You can get together a group of people and say, this isn't probably something good for the elementary library. Might be good for the high school library. True.
4: Right? There are plenty of people in the country who are just simply anti-homosexual and so they're they would prefer not to give in at all when it comes to that subject
3: yeah and i get that i i totally get that this is one of those things where i think that you do you i'll do me and I'm not going to try and instill my values on you
4: that's true it is still america you can have your own set of values what I keep getting these uh, emails from people telling me what Idaho values are. I mean, I've lived in Idaho for well, by and next week it'll be 57 years.
3: Your whole life, right? Yeah. That, and see, that's the point I was born and, and raised and, in and Idaho. And quite
4: often what they're saying is not what I
3: believe. Yeah, I was born and raised in Idaho my my own self. Once again, and I agree 100% agree with you, why do you get to choose yeah. what is Idaho values? for me i don't think and i've i've born and raised here my whole life
4: i don't think as a state uh, or i'll extend that as a nation as a, a county as a city that we've come to a conclusion as to what we value and what people aren't supposed to because it's kind of within you everything uh, that you value everything you don't value is within your own mind or your own heart your own soul
3: now if there's a you know we can we can pass this along to what's going on with abortion right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, Idaho's Idaho's values are that we believe that you shouldn't kill babies. That may very well be your personal value, but once again, as long as it's legal, you it shouldn't be instilling your value on somebody else. Now, if it is, you can, you can if cer- it is voted as illegal...
4: You can certainly give your opinion and vote the way you want.
3: There you go. Now, if it is voted illegal, then the same, the same goes for the opposite direction. I think abortion is a right. It's a human right. Well, um, the state voted against that. So and I use that as an example because mm-hmm. we're still battling this out. Um, and that's part of the reason why the Supreme Court returned it to the states, the decision to the states. The state gets to decide. So California doesn't get a side decide for Idaho. What should and shouldn't be happening
4: when it comes to laws. You can be completely right about something and still uh, be on the losing side of the vote. Yeah.
3: You may not like it.
4: But it's sort of an agreement we have with each other.
3: Yeah. I I mean, that's how our our republic is run.
4: However, uh, a lot of it's based on the Constitution, what is considered to be your constitutional right, your human right. And as long as we don't, uh, encroach upon those i suppose so we can you know vote any way we want to
3: yeah we'll continue to talk about this uh this morning um senator mike crapel was on with nate Showman yesterday talking about the uh, inflation reduction reduction act um interesting to get his thought yeah, i wonder if he was against it on that because uh he is one of the ranking members of the senate finance committee so he has You know, some of the uh, ins and outs of uh, who it is going to affect. And specifically, one of the things I found interesting is talking about the $80 billion that is going to be going to the uh, Internal Revenue Service. We'll get to that. If you want to hear the whole interview, he was here uh, in studio with Nate Shulman for about an hour yesterday. Took uh, phone calls, questions from you, the listeners, for about half an hour. If you want to hear that, it's on our podcast at KBOI. Dot com, so you can uh, check that out if you would like to. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670. On your Verizon wireless, email chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. We'll get to your phone calls, emails. You can pay, take part in the show. We always appreciate that. So time for our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. Is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, Meridian, and in East Boise. Yes, two locations, making it easier for you to get fantastic award-winning lunch when i say award-winning rated the number one deli in the entire state of idaho get in today and find out why
2: the seattle mariners had the day off but that soap opera that is new york yankees baseball continued to play out in front of our eyes yesterday now
5: scherzer's one one swung on hit on the of
2: right that ball is high it is far it is gone it's a and blast in the right field seats
5: Aaron Judge breaks his 10-game homerless streak with a
2: blast into the right field seats. All rise! Here comes the Judge. Aaron Judge with the home run helps the New York Yankees to a 4-2 win over the Mets yesterday. Now the Yankees are 6-14 in August, drawing the ire of their entire fan base, while manager Aaron Boone is publicly showing his frustration by slamming tables in news conferences. But the Yankees GM, Brian Cashman, didn't hesitate to stand behind his ball club yesterday, basically saying, the group has my belief, you know, even before they beat the Mets 4-2 to yesterday. In recent days, though, Yankees fans have made both Cashman and Boone the subject of their anger as the club has continued to struggle. All right, what else happened to baseball yesterday not related to the New York Yankees? Well, how about this? And the next pitch to him, hit high and deep, left field, backing up his half. He looks up, it's gone! Another Albert Pujols big fly! Number 693 into the bleachers at Wrigley. And the Cardinals take a one nothing lead in the seventh inning. The call on KMOX, Pujols home run to center field in the top of the seventh. By the way, the Cards would go on to win that game by a score of 1 0. Pujols with the only shot in that game. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton.
0: This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. 208
3: 336, 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You want to email us you can email us also uh, email no name on this one says uh you talked about how uh country or county should be able to decide what it wants to do by voting for it or voting against it that's what some are doing with the library books isn't it if everyone votes to remove a book shouldn't it be removed just like idaho abortion no. laws
4: not necessarily i mean your your law still has to be somewhat uh, based on freedom in the Constitution, things like that as well. We still have freedom of choice in this country. Uh, if Even if we got together and, void- and voted out freedom of choice, a court would probably uh, strike that mm-hmm. down. Uh, it's been said famously, uh, not by me, but by others, that democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for lunch. Now, you understand there that you're going to be <laughs> violating the sheep's rights if you vote have the sheep <laughs> for lunch. So that part you can't
3: do. And the the other thing that, you know, you're missing on, on this is if you vote to remove a book from a library, you've now just taken my right away to go to that library and and read that book, where if you don't want that book read, you don't have to. Just don't read it. Don't check it out. Mm-hmm. Don't allow your kids to check it out.
4: You certainly should be in control of what your kids read and what movies they go to and what they Uh, view on the internet up to a certain point i mean it's difficult to control every minute you compared it but if you can instill in them uh, the values that it requires to uh, you
3: know kind of uh, stay within your guidelines i know you uh, tried to compare it to uh, idaho abortion laws which are in the process of being settled um, but none of them, and there's like three different laws working their way through the courts right now, none of those laws make it illegal for a woman to get an abortion. They can still get an abortion. We just decide whether or not we're going to allow it in the state. So if they want to drive a few miles uh, across state lines to be able to get it, they'll still be allowed to do it. It doesn't make it illegal for a woman to get an abortion. So why why should it be illegal to check out a book that you want to I I I don't understand that particular well, way. Uh, it, it wouldn't be thinking. illegal.
4: It the, the book simply wouldn't be available. Wouldn't be available. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's what. That's what I'm saying. It's it, It's not a comparable comparison mm-hmm. when you're talking about abortion and whether to uh, ban books from certain libraries, as we are talking about right now this morning. pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I know we talked about this yesterday, but like I said, we got uh, some more emails. And there are some more news stories that uh, are out on uh, books being either removed, libraries being defunded, or librarians quitting over the political atmosphere of uh, books that happen to be in school libraries. Once again, these are, you know, taxpayer, you and I both pay taxes for the libraries, whether we go or not. Our tax money still goes to that library. Um, like I said, it's been decades since I've went. I don't know when the last time you've been to an actual library was, but I'm guessing it's probably been a while, probably.
4: Uh, it's uh, probably been four or five years at least. Yeah, I, Two, used, I used to go regularly when the kids were in school.
3: 208 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless.
0: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI.
3: 634. Good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Asper. Thanks for listening in. Uh, change this week, by the way. Uh, a little bit of a change. Location change. Hometown happy hour brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We told you, uh, yesterday. Still going to be going on at Blaze Pizza. We told you yesterday it was going to be going on at Blaze Pizza at the village of Meridian. Um, the uh, change. Still going to be going on at Blaze Pizza. Still going to be happening 3 to 6 this coming Friday afternoon. Only now it's going to be happening at a different movie theater area. This is going to be going on at the Spectrum in Boise. Regal Theater area. So instead of the Village at Meridian, just please well, make a note of it that it's going to be going on. Rats, that's further away from my house. Blaze Pizza at the Boise Spectrum. So you can, stop, you can still stop by and heckle Nate. Get pizza for your family. Delicious pizza, by the way. Blaze Pizza, if you've never been there, get in and try it out. Really, really good. Um, And uh, that's the Hometown Handshake brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing this Friday from 3 until 6 o'clock. Keep in mind, Blaze Pizza is also one of our sweet deals. We have a double sweet deal this week. Blaze Pizza, $50 gift certificate for only $25. You also have Costa Vita $50 gift certificate for $25. Now, here's the deal. You can get one or both of those, if you are fast enough. (laughs) You have to be fast. This is one of those deals. uh, People love their Costa Vita. People love their Blaze Pizza. um, And the gift certificate is good at any one of the locations throughout the Treasure Valley for Costa Vita or Blaze Pizza. Just make a a mental note or some sort of reminder. Set your alarm Friday morning just before 9 o'clock. Be ready to go to KBOI.com. Click on that Sweet Deals link. I, I would go to your favorite one first. Get that. And then if you want to blaze pizza and your Costa Vida is your favorite thing, um, then go for Blaze Pizza so you can at least guarantee that you get one of them. Like I said, this is, this is going to go quick, but if you want to get both now, of them, you can. When you,
4: when you, when you go to that particular website, you, you do have to register, right?
3: You have to register okay. unless you've already purchased right. a sweet deal in the
4: past. But if you never have, if you're re- never registering. It's going to take you a, a couple of minutes, right? And
3: you could actually probably get registered, I believe, right now, if you would like, mm-hmm. so that you're all set and ready to go. And then at nine o'clock, you just hit refresh.
4: Fresh. So be prepared. Fresh. You know, like the Boy Scouts or somebody.
3: There you go. Once again, that's Friday's Sweet Deal, 9 o'clock sharp. Go to KBOI.com, click on Sweet Deals link, and you get that half price deal.
6: Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700,
3: pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Toll free, 1-800-529-5264. It's from wherever you might be listening this morning. Keep in mind, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message. Uh, You can also text us, which is the uh, same as our main number, at 208-336-3700. Plenty of ways for you to take part in the uh, show. And, of course, as we always mention, We always encourage that uh, type of thing. Show is always all about you. Fred writes in uh, on the library discussion that we were having. So no rules, limits, or goals for our kids. Another decade, another moral slide. No, we're that's not what is being said. I I still have limits. I mean, my kids are grown now. I had limits on my kids. I had goals for our kids. I had morals set that they needed to follow for my Mm -hmm. kids. I don't want you, Fred, setting goals or limits or morals for my kids. He seems to have kind
4: of an all-or-nothing attitude. Either we have the right to get rid of any book we want, or there are no rules whatsoever, and that's not the case here.
3: No. I'm I'm just saying, and, and once again, you're aiming this at kids. The Meridian Library is just not a children's library. Reading library is a library for everybody, from the time you can read to the time you die. Now, granted, they probably don't want you in there if you're dying, but if you are 90 years old, shouldn't you have the right to go in? You paid for that library. Your tax dollars are going for that library. Hmm. Shouldn't you be allowed to read a book in that library that you want, just as if somebody is paying their taxes to go into that library and not read a book if they don't want to? That's all I'm saying. I, granted, I, I understand, and, and, and there's a different argument here, you know, when you talk about school libraries and just community libraries. You still have children's sections. You still should have, you know, oversight in what children can mm-hmm. check out or read. I'm not saying, no, it's I a free-for-all for
4: everybody. I don't have nearly as much problem with a school regulating what no. is taught in the school. Um that's it's good that they have some control over it, actually. But the public library is supposed to be more of a forum for ideas. You can go and read about anything you want, you can right. go and read about anything you didn't know existed,
3: unless that book's and not allowed to be there.
4: Ignorance is not bliss. Uh, it's always been said, Ignorance is bliss. I mean, the, the less I know, the happier I am. And to a certain extent, yeah, nobody's happier than the village idiot. The only problem is. <laughs> He's still the village idiot.
3: And, and you don't want a whole village full of idiots, right? I don't like, want them.
4: Like George Goebel's line, you know, uh, my uncle was a town drunk and we lived in Chicago.
3: <laughs> uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon. Bar. It's time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Check out their menu. All new menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com.
2: NFL news for
3: you, Baker Mayfield
2: named the Panthers' starting quarterback for week one against the Browns on Monday. Mayfield was asked about facing his former team. Obviously, there's uh, a
7: lot of attachment there. I'm not going to, like I told you guys at Wofford, I'm not going to sit here and be a robot and say that it doesn't mean anything. Um, It will, but right now all that matters is me continuing to improve until this regular
2: season starts. And while Baker Mayfield was named the Panthers' starting quarterback, he said that Sam Darnold, who he beat out to win the spot, is still a pretty good guy. Just this morning, I uh, was made aware that I was going to be starting and uh, saw Sam shortly after. He made it very
7: clear that anything I needed in support or uh, in terms of that aspect, he was going to be there. and That just that just shows what kind of team guy he is. Um, honestly, just an unfortunate circumstance that we're both here in the same year fighting for a job. but. Um, That's the kind of guy he is. He said whatever you need in support, he's just trying to win games, and that's the mentality we've had the whole time. So I truly, truly appreciate that, and he's a a great guy.
2: Other football news for you from last night, the New York Jets on Monday night football preseason defeated the Atlanta Falcons 24 to 16. If you were looking for former Broncos, you may have seen Avery Williams. He did return one punt last night in the game. It was for just 13 yards. He's trying to make that squad and most of us think that he will. I'm Rick Worthington.
6: Today, from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino.
0: Now, back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
4: It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good
8: morning.
3: Doctor, most of us probably look at stress as something we either want to avoid or at least minimize, but you're here to tell us a little stress might actually be good for us. How can that be?
8: Right. I mean, look, based on everything we see out there, everything we're exposed to, it's easy to conclude how stress would be the bane of our existence. And clearly, we've been living in very stressful times. But the reality is some stress or even tension can actually be the mental health equivalent of resistance training and helps us build resilience. Can you talk a little bit more about how a certain level of stress can help us? Sure. I mean, low to moderate amounts of daily stress actually help to prepare and train our minds to deal with tougher and even more chaotic times, much as like a vaccine would protect us against future infection or going to the gym makes us stronger. And in fact, there's new research to show that moderate or even low levels of perceived stress actually can be better for our thinking, helps us to think more clearly, which in in turn is associated with more resilience and therefore fewer emotional problems
3: so it's safe to say
8: that not all levels of
3: stress are good for us
8: right look we all have stress i mean stress is part of all of our lives and it can be low on a you know one or two point scale out of ten but if it's ten right it's it's severe it's uncontrollable it interferes with our ability to think clearly and function effectively and you know if we're experiencing things like difficulty sleeping or feeling overwhelmed or we're turning to substances perhaps to function um, then, you know, it's time to look out and reach out for your medical caregiver. Speaking of our personal physicians, if mine is like most, they tend to take every
4: opportunity to encourage us to pay more attention to what we eat, to consume more fruits and veggies and fewer donuts and other highly processed foods. Now, what is so bad about these processed
8: foods? Yeah, dang doctors, you've got to be careful of them. Um, you know, the reality is food can be medicine and similarly unhealthy food can be toxin. We're very lucky here in Idaho, right? We've got tons of great food options, farmer's market, we're an agricultural state. So we really have access to lots of wonderful options. And we've known for a long time about things like weight gain, heart disease, cancer risks that are associated with highly processed foods. I'm candid to say you know, some of the good stuff, right? Chips, breakfast cereals, donuts, like you mentioned, packaged soups, fast food but you know a new study really makes it clear that these foods are actually harmful not only to our bodies but to our brains they actually make it harder for us to think clearly and can lead to a more rapid decline in thinking skills for example on standardized tests than than those who eat lower amounts of these unhealthy foods
3: So, as much as we uh, hate to hear it, ditching the donuts might be a pretty good idea for those of us looking to age well?
8: Yes, sad but but true. I mean, I think every now and then, right, you know, feel free to indulge, but watching what we eat in the long run certainly matters regardless of our age. And there are several proven things that we can do that many of us know but probably worth a friendly nudge here to reduce our risk of cognitive decline as we age. So, eating a balanced diet, like I said, great options to do that here in Idaho limiting our consumption of those processed or fast foods yes even donuts exercising regularly getting good sleep staying cognitively engaged reading keeping your mind acting and then protecting ourselves from head injuries when we're out about on things like the green belt and of course not smoking well that is the kboi medical moment brought to you by
4: regent's blue shield of idaho dr dan Meltzer, thank you for joining us this morning on
8: kboi thank you Get
6: 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa. Enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say Alexa. Open 670 KBOI.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
3: Ten minutes after 7, 710. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always be a part of the show. Calling us up, emailing us, texting us, sending us an instant message. Phone lines 208 336 thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon Wireless. Wanted to uh get to this uh yesterday and in case you uh did miss uh Nate Shellman talking with uh Senator Mike Crapo yesterday, uh a variety of subjects. One of the subjects, though, uh is something that we've been talking about, something that a lot of people are concerned about on the Inflation Reduction Act that was uh passed recently by uh Congress. And Senator Mike Crapo is one of the ranking members on the Senate Finance Committee. And all we've been hearing since Biden, before he got elected, that he would promise not to raise taxes on anybody making over $400,000. Under. Or under $400,000 a year. Sorry, $400,000 a year. Um, this, this tax bill, though, um, critics are claiming is going to do that, although Democrats said it, that the bill is not intended to raise taxes on the middle class. Senator Mike Crapo introduced an amendment to the Inflation Reduction Act, proposing uh, just that—that that it would be making it impossible for taxes to be raised on on the middle class. Anybody making under four hundred thousand dollars, he wanted to put it in writing because everybody was saying that, "Hey, this bill is not intended to raise taxes on." People making over four hundred thousand or under four hundred thousand dollars. It's not intended to raise taxes on the middle class. So Senator Mike Crapo introduced an uh, amendment to turn that as part of the uh, law of the Inflation Reduction Act.
9: Every single Democrat voted no on that simple amendment that said we will do exactly what you say you intend, which is not to audit people in the middle class. And let me just give a little bit of data here. Sure. The IRS, the money that's going to go to the IRS under this bill, $80 billion, is enough to hire 87,000 new auditors. It is five times the amount of the annual budget today of the IRS. And in that context, it makes the IRS one of the largest federal agencies in existence. Bigger than the Border Patrol, bigger than the FBI, and bigger than a couple of others, all combined. And then when the Democrats say, they didn't intend to do it. This is something that isn't getting reported very well yet. Not only did they defeat my amendment, but they took out the word we don't, the phrase that we don't intend to of the bill. It's not even this, even the expression of intent that we don't intend to do this was taken out of the bill.
10: So 87, 87. Million, thousand. Sorry, eighty. Sorry, eighty-seven thousand. Sorry, it'll, it'll
9: feel like millions yeah. by the time they're done. It's going to raise eighty. It's going
10: to raise eighty billion dollars, but it's going to create eighty-seven thousand more IRS jobs. And a number of people have questions about just just about that alone. Um, whether or not. Uh, by the way, um, the uh, the attendance record at Albertson Stadium is thirty-seven thousand four hundred twenty-six. So. This'll almost triple that.
9: Yeah, that's right. And it's not just new jobs. It's new auditors. Sure. There are other parts of that 80 billion that will be used for other jobs in the IRS, Mm -hmm. which by the way, they probably do need. That's the people who aren't answering the telephones today. But the fact is, there's going to be 87,000. This is by documents we got from the IRS. Mm-hmm. There's going to be about 87,000 new auditors, and there's no way they can collect that $200 billion unless they go to the middle class.
10: So there's the politics we see, and there's always the politics we don't see. You know, right. and, and if it's on camera, uh, for, for lack of a better term, I call that the production, That's that, that you're on stage, uh, whether, whether you're on the floor or doing, behind the scenes. Were there, was there any, was, was there, were there any private, and of course you don't name names because you won't. Uh, Were there any Democrats that said, hey, we should have done this, or why they didn't vote in favor of that?
9: None of them admitted why they voted no. A number of them said they wished that they could vote no, but they couldn't because if they had, if one of them had voted yes, the amendment would have been adopted. Okay. What was preventing them from voting yes? uh, The pressure from the administration and from their own caucus and from their leadership, Chuck Schumer, to say do not change this bill because if we had changed the bill in that way, Mm Then the House would not have passed it, and the whole bill would not have become law.
10: Well, I mean, the good thing is, is now there's a bill in place that's going to lower inflation, and it's yeah. it's going to do uh, all kinds of fantastic things. How many how many years do we have to wait
9: for this to lower inflation? It will never lower inflation. Uh, the uh, Penn Wharton has done an analysis of this, and they say it's a ten year bill. Oh, and so over the ten years of this bill. Uh, they analyzed that there were a few years where it would have a very minuscule effect on increasing inflation and a few years where it would have a very minimal effect on decreasing inflation. But then Penn Wharton said that neither of those two bumps were statistically relevant and that the reality is the bill would do nothing to reduce inflation.
3: Just one small portion of the interview yesterday with Mike Crapo live in studio with Nate Chum. If you want to hear the whole thing, took a half hour of phone calls from the listeners. You can check it out on the podcast, kby.com. Uh, you can also click through on the fan page on Facebook. By the way, the, uh, everything that's hunky dory between Manchin and the Democrats didn't last very long. Um, the Democrats needed Manchin to uh, buy into this to get the bill passed because it was a, uh, a partisan bill they needed every single democrat and mansion for seven months said said no 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 then worked out a deal with them um now that it's passed uh, house progressives have argued that they're not obligated to a secret handshake agreement handshake agreement on permitting reform uh in some of the bills that mansion wanted because uh, they weren't involved and would undercut their climate achievements by allowing faster completion of fossil fuel projects that mansion backs representative uh, rashida Tlaib yesterday said uh, the American or told the American prospect that we sure as the hell don't owe Joe Manchin anything. (laughs) This fight isn't over because uh, Joe Manchin um, has said that if they don't honor what they made in exchange for him being a part of this bill, um, that there's going to be a lot that he's not going to be voting on, including um, a shutdown on the government coming up on September thirtieth
4: see that it it sounds fair to me that he he negotiated uh, mm-hmm. things that he wanted in or wanted out uh, of the bill, and if they don 't honor that, then he will probably just vote no
3: yeah, simple yep so now um we'll we 'll watch the politics of this because there are some Democrats you know now that think hey we don 't have to honor our our because this goes against our you know our clean, green climate thing because he wants fossil fuel projects, especially some of the fossil fuel projects in his state. Um, so uh, it looks like uh, September by September thirtieth, we should know a little bit more uh, because that's when uh, we'll we'll find out whether or not he will continue to vote um, for continu- continuation of the government running. Uh, it could be Mansion completely just shutting down the government by himself if uh, Democrats don't honor. Um, what they said they would. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, stock market looks like it's going to be opening down again today after falling off a cliff kind of yesterday. Uh, We'll check in with Jeremiah Bates to find out what's going on.
0: Time for the Morning Market Report.
3: Powered
6: by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you
0: informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise.
3: 724. Uh, we've seen a couple of days of uh, drops in the stock market. Yesterday, big, big drop in the stock market. Jeremiah Bates, what's going on?
7: Yeah. Well, it's uh, the Jackson Hole that stocks are falling into. Well, because that is when the Federal Reserve is set to release more comments around what they're going to do with interest rate hikes and how they see the economy. So you're seeing a, a much higher probability of a three quarter point interest rate hike in September. That probability has risen significantly versus the half a percent so again when you're talking about higher interest rates when you're talking about the unwinding of the fence balance sheet this threatens to slow down consumer and business spending and if you look at lower spending for consumers and businesses that would drag down corporate earnings and stocks trade on the multiple of earnings for these corporations so if corporate profits take a hit then stocks will take a hit. And what does the market do so well? Is it tries to look forward and tries to speculate on what's gonna happen. So right now there's a, again, it's been the conversation really all through summer and and really early spring for that matter is what is the federal reserve gonna do? Trying to juggle all these different plates. And the reality is stock uh, investors Big in institutional investors are looking at the Jackson Hole meeting on Friday and looking for any indications specifically from Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell on are they going to be dovish, which would be bode well for the markets? Are they going to be hawkish, which again helps tamper down inflation? But again, that could bring in uh, the economy to a bit of a halt, which is the big concern. Will the Federal Reserve bring us into an easy landing? So that is really what's affecting the markets, uh, what we saw yesterday. And we've seen a good run. Yesterday was the worst day that we've seen since June. So I I do think the markets will be relatively flat, uh, unless there's big news that happens from today until Friday. But I think the biggest reaction will come in Friday or perhaps next week when we actually get some insight, get some information from the Federal Reserve.
3: All right. Looking now as uh, all three of the indexes are going to be down, not a whole bunch, nothing like it was uh, yesterday, but looks like we're going to be opening up. On the downside, we'll get another update from you coming up in just about an hour from right now and then, uh, of course, to close and talk to you tomorrow morning uh, once again here. Thanks. Thanks, gents. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at one. Now back to Mike
0: Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
3: 741 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, programming note Governor Brad Little, expected this week, maybe as soon as today, possibly, to announce uh, maybe a possible special session of the uh, legislature figure out what to do with two billion dollars in surplus money governor brad little will be on the show with us coming up on uh thursday so who knows we could have breaking news thursday morning if he hasn't made that announcement yet although uh, getting breaking news out of governor brad little when he's on our show is like uh pulling teeth
4: <laughs> um it'll be breaking news when it
3: happens but not particularly <laughs> surprising news. Um however, we could find out here before Thursday morning. He's going to be on with us coming up here Thursday morning once again about 8:35. We'll uh, either talk about the upcoming legislative session, special legislative session or the lack of an upcoming <laughs> legislative mm. session. Um but there are rumors that he is currently working on because thing if he calls a legislative session, it is only for specific purposes they gotcha. have it has to be stated what those specific purposes are and a lot of the details will be worked out in advance before they even call the session so anyway uh governor brad little will be with us also just realized man how time flies uh this week is the 30th 30th anniversary of ruby ridge 30 years huh 30 years this week it began so it uh, 30 19, years ago monday 1992 yeah all right so um it was a uh, long standoff where uh people lost their lives if you haven't uh if you've lived here for the last 30 years of course this was like not just a major news story in in the state of Idaho this was a major national news story 30 years ago mm-hmm. the entire world
4: and has been was watching it uh, an example since then
3: yeah uh disney uh, a lot of you people who have listened chris i know you've been to uh disney with your your family in the past mhm Um, You know how expensive it is. It gets more and more expensive all the time. But for those of you who, you know, maybe make so much money that you don't think Disney is that expensive, uh, they have a new plan for you, a new travel package where you can visit all 12 of their parks. So I know people complain about rising prices of everything. So,
4: So the one in China, the Hong Kong, the Japan, the Paris, all of them.
3: Europe, Orlando, Disney all 12 of their parks, for the low, low, low price of $109,995. Oh, wait. Sorry. That's based on double occupancy. So uh, instead, yeah. it would be about $220,000. Oh,
4: per person still.
3: Yeah. Unless you want to pay the single supplement fee, they'll, they'll only charge you $11,000 if you want to go by yourself, in addition to the $110,000. Gotcha. Travel package called Disney Parks Around the World, Private Jet Adventure, 24-hour tour, or 24-day tour, rather. 24-day, not hour. That would well, be you hard do this to all do. At,
4: you do. You do this all at once. All at
3: so. once, yes. 24-day yeah. tour includes private jet travel to all 12 of the company's parks around the world, plus stops at other man-made wonders, such as the Taj Mahal. So there's more than just Disney. Pyramids of Giza, the Eiffel Tower. Also includes a tour of Lucasfilm Campus, Walt Disney Studios cool
4: is that that's a lot of stuff if
3: you had you know just think if we didn't have inflation going on right now this you might have enough money to uh, go ahead and and do something like the disney global travel package
2: If you like standing in line for hours, if you enjoy the sound of kids whining because they're hungry and tired, (laughs) and if you've got a couple of hundred thousand dollars just burning a hole in your pocket, Disney has the vacation for you. It's the Disney Global Travel Package. For just $110,000 per person, you get to stand in line all over the world.
1: Hong Kong, California, Tokyo, Orlando, Shanghai, and more.
2: If you thought spending a weekend at Disney World was exhausting wait till you do it a dozen times with jet lag trying to speak another language
1: please wait here. Please wait here. Disneyland where dreams wait just one more hour
2: and nightmares come
3: true <laughs> I forgot about the standing in line part
1: <laughs> now
3: if you didn't have to stand in line that $110,000 might be worth it you just mm-hmm. gotta get all the front of every line but no that's not a part of it unfortunately kby news time seven forty-five. it's going to check out what's going on with sports one final time this morning it's brought to you by fat guy's fresh deli the place to go for lunch every day both locations east boise and in meridian open 10 30 every day monday through saturday get in today remember every single sandwich there are over 30 of them can be turned into a wrap or a salad at fat guy's fresh deli
2: good morning tom brady did return to the buccaneers but Nobody's real sure whether he'll be playing or not this coming weekend. That's a question that has been asked often. ESPN's Jenna Lane says it's unclear right now what they're going to do in their third preseason game over there in Tampa Bay.
7: As far as whether or not he plays in this third and final preseason game this week against the Colts, that remains to be seen. Coach Todd Bowles told me they will wait and see how he does over the next few days before making that determination. But I am told he has kept in contact with the team during his 11-day
8: absence.
2: Now, the head coach, Todd Bowles, was also asked in practice yesterday about how many reps Tom Brady has been taking and what that's going to look like for the final preseason game. He
4: did. He's very familiar with the offense, so him coming back in and getting back to work is kind of normal. Just getting used to the heat, getting used to the guys, but you know he ran the offense well. I
2: don't think we're going to have any problem with Tom Brady. How about Aaron Rodgers? Last week, you remember he called out his young receivers who apparently can't catch the ball? Packers quarterback said he was encouraged by what he's seen so far, though, through Monday.
3: The thing that that I've seen with him is just mentally the improvement uh, from from day to day. Yesterday, we did a kind of spur of the moment adjustment in a, in a period, and I told him what to do in the huddle, and it's something he's never done before, and he went out and did it perfect. And it's those little things like that that start to gain that trust and that confidence and, and get you excited about things.
2: And if you're wondering about the Seattle Seahawks, they will play their third preseason game right here on News Talk KBOI this Friday. Their game is scheduled against the Dallas Cowboys Friday at 6 p.m. I'm Rick Worthington.
6: Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the listen live button. Now
0: back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
3: 753 208, 336 30, 700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, 1 800 Five two nine five two six four. if you want to get through this morning. Our phone lines are always open. For you to take part in the show, email us, Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com, and also text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. To the phones we go, Lee Joe and uh, Boise. Good morning. You're on Newstalk KBY.
11: Hey, good morning. I just uh, wanted to remind folks what that special session is really about. You know, he's got $200, or what is it, $2 billion, basically? Mm-hmm. And the man has no problem using uh, state funds for his politics. He's going to try and make sure he gets a uh, gets a check in everybody's hand, a refund check right before the election.
12: Is that a bad so thing? So that
11: Ham Bundy doesn't get elected, among other things. And while he's still got his cronies running the show there, and uh, you know, he can put, probably put the same letter on there that says, yeah, uh, this is from me, basically. This wasn't yours. This was from me, and because I'm such a great governor, you get this refund. So that's what that's about. It's politics.
3: Isn't everything about politics?
11: It really is. That's the problem. <laughs>
3: but,
11: yeah. So so there A lot, of, a lot of stuff boils
4: down to it eventually.
1: Mm-hmm.
11: Yeah. It boils down to: I got power, I've got cronies, I've got money, I'm going to win this election.
3: So you'd be uh, much happier as if you waited till November ninth. Like, to have a it's special it's session, or like, just wait until the regular session in January.
11: Yeah. It's not like it's urgent to get the refund. I'm sure it's just so that you know. But is it August 15th or August 20th? And.
3: That would be just about perfect time. Yeah. Well, I, the one thing that they do have yeah, to sure. do is if they want, and I, I'm talking when I say they, people who need the money, especially with inflation going on, uh, if you do want this before the end of the year, the session would have to happen now because if you did wait it until January, you wouldn't get any uh, relief or your money, any of those checks until 2023, sometime later in 2023. I know they passed this similar bill. Um, in the regular se- session, um, January of last year, and I don't think those checks went out until what July?
11: Uh, just right before the primary is the way you timed it last time.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you, I mean, if you if you wanted the checks, if people want those checks to deal with inflation before the end of the year, they would have to have the special session. We talked about this last week and asked people. Surprisingly, most people didn't want to see a special session called this this is caller so it's not a scientific poll by any definition but it was kind of surprising that a majority of people who called in and wrote to us said that they would just rather have this done during the regular session right. instead of a special session so thank you for the call appreciate it lee joe thank, thank you 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless um we'll take a uh, break here um James wrote in here just quickly. I can get this email in. Uh, Senator Crapo is ob- obligated to pump Republican propaganda regarding the inflation bill by referencing the private Wharton School estimate that the legislation will have no effect on inflation. However, please uh, know that the official Congressional Budget Office CBO analysis is that this law will reduce inflation by causing a net decrease in defi- total, deficit total um, totaling $102 billion over a 10-year period. Yep, the CBO is widely accepted standard of fairness. Uh, Republicans' opposition isn't. I I get that, but the CBO says that uh, it won't start reducing deficit or inflation. This is from the CBO until 10 years from now. As a matter of fact, uh, CBO says that the Congressional Budget Office says that it will increase inflation by as much as 0.1% in 2023 0.1 mm-hmm. hmm. so it's not going to come down and it doesn't go up much but it does go up that's according to the congressional budget office yeah, that, as you just said and that, yes that in 10 years it should lower the deficit so i mean it's one of those instances where two could be white and, and by the way wharton school of business is a very prestigious school by the way that's ivy league
6: yeah Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at three.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI.
3: On the way, twenty minutes, fifty dollars Costa Vida gift certificate. Uh, the uh, a- animal, Greenland shark, considered the animal with the uh, average second longest lifespan in the world. Um, they live to about three to four hundred years old. What animal has the average lifespan of about four hundred? Uh, years old if you know the answer stick around 20 minutes from now you'll be able to call at 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you know that animal uh, we've got a $50 gift certificate to give to you compliments of Costa Vita this uh, damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Rathwell Home. Home Services Silverhawk Realty the place to go when it has uh, anything to do with real estate call today at 208-888-4128 once again don't call now 20 minutes from now you'll have a chance to win
6: your google play simply say hey google play 670 kboi now
0: back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi
3: good morning and uh welcome to the show into the eight o'clock hour we go Uh, officially down basically flat i mean it's down 17 points but uh way better than yesterday at uh this time was it at down this 200 yesterday at, yesterday this, point? at this time is down over four, 500 oh, 500 <laughs> yeah at this time so, my, my, my mistake yeah uh, we were uh at one point uh, what was it last week up to uh, 30 about 34,000 on the dow dow down uh, now to about 33,000 so we've lost quite a bit of uh what we gained back in uh end of June to uh this point Waiting on, as Jeremiah Bates said this morning, the uh, Jackson Hole decision where the Fed is meeting. Oh, is that they, where they meeting? Jackson no, Hole? That's why you called they, it that? They get to meet in really cool places, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they're meeting That'll in make Jackson that makes you wonder Hall. why they don't just meet
4: in Washington since they are <laughs> a federal department. We, get,
3: we need to get out of town, I suppose, to a beautiful place where we can vacation while we're meeting and doing these tedious things of trying to figure out what we're going to do with the uh, Fed rate. Should know later this week, see how that affects the stock market. Of course, stock market right now trying to guess what's going to happen. And uh, based on the guessing from yesterday and the day before, they think it's going to be going up more than uh, they had hoped, I'm guessing. I don't know. Not in those Fed meetings. I wasn't invited <laughs> to Jackson Hole. Uh, neither was I. Although I was there a little bit earlier this year. This I didn't realize Driggs, Idaho was only about 20 miles away from Jackson Hole. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize I've, it was known, that
4: close. I've known people who stayed there instead.
3: Yeah. And a lot of people that were there, you know, I was there for an NAR convention with my wife. Um, they took an afternoon just to drive up over to Jackson Hole because it was so, even though it's 20 miles, it takes a little longer than that because the roads aren't the best. Mm. <laughs> You're traveling through uh, two-lane mountain roads. So it's like driving to McCall. If we had a freeway mm-hmm. from here to McCall, um, you, could, you could make it in about an hour. We don't have a
4: freeway from McCall, so. Would it be as fun mm. if a freeway went there?
3: Yes, I would love it. I would love it if I could. If I could get there in in an hour. Here's the difference. It it took me uh, on a Friday afternoon last week, um, driving up to McCall. uh, Took me about two hours and thirty minutes on a Friday afternoon. I drove back on a Tuesday afternoon. Took me an hour and fifty minutes. Hmm. (laughs) Just because of traffic. So I mean, freeway would help traffic-wise too, but. Uh, of course, you got road work and road conditions that you have to as be the, concerned about. As the
4: saying goes, if you have always wanted to be a leader with a, a big following, just drive the exact <laughs> speed limit all the way to McCall.
3: And uh, listen to the people flip you off and yeah, you
4: honk at you. Your, your people aren't going to love you, though.
3: 208-336-3700. Uh, Paul in Nampa, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning,
12: guys. Yeah, I I got a little rant and rave to take away from Nate, I guess. It'd be about Biden, you know, those eight hour work weeks that he's that he's slaving over, I'm just you know, I, I don't know where he gets all his work done. But uh you know what what's happening to us is why well, he's slowly biding in his time <laughs> for slipping into socialism. I don't know if you realize that or not, but he's got four years to accomplish his goal and he's got all the people that he needs in place to have that done. And, um, you don't, if you don't believe what I'm saying, I, I would, I would like to have a recording for each of these first six conference calls he's had with president Xi of China, because whatever he's talking to him about ain't helping us down here. And, uh, (coughs) You know you you have to have a certain amount of patience with this guy because he he's uh he's working hard at at working us over you know one thing I don't want to find myself at the end of his presidency is to be found in a in a labor camp or a debtors' prison in China because we can't pay him back, and he ain't helping matters any so thank you, know, you. we we we've, we've got to keep care of our money that we've got because we can't even hardly pay the, the interest on what we owe China already.
3: It's serious. It's yeah. really serious. Thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, one thing... It, not, uh, could, not
4: really a precedent for any of those things happening to individuals.
3: The uh, midterm elections could uh, derail a lot of Biden's plans if... And I say if because we don't know what's going to happen. As of right now, polls are showing that it looks like the uh, House could flip to the Republican side, um, pretty much a, a dead heat right now in the uh, Senate. But if both of those houses flip to Republicans, pretty much going to stop a lot of what Biden wants to get done in the final two years. And even if if just the House flips, going to be hard to get a lot done. Yeah. And you have you know you don't, you don't have the favorability of being controlled by the Democrats and the President's office, the Senate's office, and the uh, House. So uh, a lot of what Biden still hasn't done and would like to get done over the next two years, if he makes it the next two years, going to be decided coming up here on, uh, is it November 8th? I think I got it, whatever the election day is. I think it's November 8th. It could be off a day or two.
4: Well, it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday yeah. in November.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, one of the things, um, that Biden wants to get done and two things. Number, number one, they are both tied together. One of them has to be done here by August 31st. Uh, but reporting, um, rumors out of Washington, DC that Biden could reportedly cancel up to $10,000 in student debt for borrowers making under $125,000 a year this week. Let me fix that headline. Biden could redistribute student debt this week, not cancel it. The debt doesn't doesn't go away. Somebody has to pay for it. It's not free. So when he says he's canceling debt, canceling debt for possibly the student who took out the loan, but somebody else is going to be paying for that. Uh, The other thing that we are keeping an eye on as of August 31st, the uh, student loan pause is set to uh, end. Now student loan pause has been going on for over two years now, it just keeps getting extended. This however is the longest that the student loan pause has gone on without an extension. We're um, I think at eight days on whether or not the student loan pause is going to be continuing. Now what the student loan pause is is that student loans that were taken out by students don't have to be paid back and they don't accrue interests and this all had to do with uh... covid covid money and it's been going on now for uh... almost two years maybe a little over two years uh-huh. where there is no student loans being paid
4: yeah it was mid it was mid twenty twenty
3: Yeah. so we'll know by uh... possibly later this week because you have to have a little bit of time uh... before the end if you're going to start making students uh... start paying for their student loans again uh, but the student loan pause comes to an end on August 31st. So that's another thing that we should be seeing. They're both tied together, um, probably this week. Student loan debt uh, redistributing, um, and then the, uh, student loan pause. I know there are a lot of people, uh, you know, and, I, and I'll use my, one of my sons who has student loan debt. You know, I'd ask why he had, been paying the bare minimum, and then of course the student loan pause came on. I go, why haven't I go? Why haven't you been paying this? I go. Here would have been a good chance to pay it down. You have right. no, no, interest no interest on yeah. it. Yeah, I go. Why? Why haven't you paid it, paid it down? And he goes, because they're going to take it away. Maybe. He really thinks that they're going to take it away. They never yeah. have before.
4: I Should probably point no, that
3: out. No. Um, but he firmly goes, why would I pay it back? And that this is the excuse, and this is a conversation that we had. Uh, it says, why would I pay it back if I'm not going to have to pay it back? And it, he He's not wrong. <laughs> uh, I guess if I was in his situation, I might be doing the same thing.
4: You wouldn't feel an obligation to fulfill your original agreement?
3: I, I probably would feel an obligation, but I would be going, well, why why pay it back if I don't have to pay it back? The government's going to make somebody else pay it back for me. I get, I get his thought process. You know what I mean.
9: Mm-hmm.
3: And at the time when we had this conversation, there was talks that the Biden administration was going to forgive fifty thousand dollars up to fifty thousand dollars worth of student debt for people making under one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year. Now, that one, I, I truly believe that if that were the case, that would be a little hard to pass right. for Democrats and. Republicans, Republicans aren't going to vote ten thousand for ten thousand dollars even. Right, but, but at ten thousand still hard to pass. But yeah, probably but at, easier than fifty. But at this point, before the first of next year, um, you know, in case the House flips, they still have a chance to get you know ten thousand, and and of course they would still um, need some help with that. Ten Republicans would have to uh, buy into it because I don't think that they could pass this with reconciliation. I don't believe. We'll talk more about this. We'll take a break now. If you want to weigh in, uh, you can weigh in right now. If you'd like, uh, email us, Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. We'll take more of your phone calls uh, coming up after bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break here when we come back. 50 $50 gift certificate to Costa Vita could be yours. If you can answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question next.
6: A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
3: Wow! Well, apparently, our first two uh, callers, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question were a uh, scared. They've already hung up,
4: or they were a uh, busy,
3: or they didn't want to win, win a fifty dollars gift certificate to Costa Vita. That's good news for you, Ron, because that moves you to the front of the line. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless Costa Vita gifts card is uh, all yours if you can answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Silverhawk Realty, the animal, uh, Greenland shark, is the animal with the average second longest lifespan in the world, about 300 years up to 400 years old. What animal has the longest average lifespan at around 400 years?
11: Uh, The
3: bullhead whale? No, not the bullhead whale. Bullhead whale lives to about 200 years average lifespan. Good guess, though. Yeah,
4: it is one of the longest.
3: Uh, Daryl, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. What is the uh, species that lives the uh, the longest average lifespan of nearly 400 years? Can you can you turn off your radio, Daryl? Hello, Daryl. Morning. Hi. How about a turtle? Turtle is not it. Not a bad guess. Though. Not a bad guess, though. They live a long time,
4: also. Yeah, There oh, are uh, apparently are there are. Tortoises, the ones that uh, crawl around on land, who uh, have lived at least 150 years.
3: 208-336-3700, pound 670 under Verizon Wireless. Hi, Talk KBY. Who's this?
11: The smartest person here in the room. <laughs> I,
3: I, I like your attitude. What's your name?
6: My
11: name is Chuck.
3: All right, Chuck. Smartest person in the room. Let's find out. What animal has the longest average lifespan uh, in the world?
11: It's a clam. It actually lives to be about 500 years old. And it doesn't start breeding until 156, which makes the 40-year-old virgin... (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> pointer, baby. that's a good point, um yes, as a matter of fact, the exact species of clam that you're uh, talking about is the uh cohog or quahog either way is uh correct in announcing uh pronunciation rather they live to uh around average lifespan of four hundred years uh old, so congratulations you got a fifty dollar gift certificate to Costa vida oh. <laughs> uh, proving and and this is the great part chuck it proves that you really are the smartest person in the room congratulations hold on the line uh, Seems so excited there mm-hmm. yeah um we've got uh costa vita to S- give away stunned i imagine by the way today nearly was a damn near impossible question so congratulations uh chuck uh looks like chuck hung up chuck call us back you got a 50 dollars gift certificate to costa vita um we need to get your information um we're not the smartest people in the room we don't know where you live or what your phone number is so uh call us back and give us that information congratulations stick around our phone lines are open we'll take a break here 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through to us keep in mind you can also email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com
0: Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI.
3: 838 East Walton. nine. I'm Mike Casper, thanks for listening in. You can be a part of the show, remember, always by uh, calling us up and taking part at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can also uh, call us toll-free, eight hundred five two nine five two six four. Email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. If you would like, you can also uh, text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Uh, Idaho Boy uh, writes in, Email Mike at KBY.com. I see the Inflation Reduction Act mostly about expanding bureaucracy, increasing governmental manpower to harass the citizenry and force customers to their green energy friends. The IRS will be weaponized more against the citizenry if they uh, get too uppity against the government, like the DOJ has been weaponized against the citizenry. Take note of how they violated the Constitution and civil rights with the process of January 6th, folks, which is by design. It says, we will do what we want uh, to you, peon.
4: Is that one of the things they're going to do to it?
3: I don't know. That's That's what he seems to think. Idaho boy, if that is your real name.
4: Jeff writes in, he says, why aren't more people talking about mules and ballot tampering?
3: Um, I don't know where you've been with for the, the last two years, with, but it, we the, seem to be having a lot of talk about mules and ballot tamper.
4: The you know? mules would be the people who collect ballots right, mm-hmm. and, and transport
3: them. Yeah. There was even a, uh, a movie about it. Called The Mule? 2,000 Mules. well, oh, 2,000 Mules. 2,000 Mules.
4: Gotcha. Yeah. Documentary. I always think of documentaries and movies as being different things.
3: Um, I don't. I guess you could Technic- call it a documentary. Technically, I technically guess. it's all film. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know what you you know you're splitting hairs when you go all right is it is it a movie or is it a documentary? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're they're both showed in movie. That's just theaters. the reason I
4: didn't think of it when you first said.
8: It. Yeah.
3: They don't. They don't have documentary That's, theaters. Uh, they have movie theaters Dinesh, and they show.
4: Dinesh D'Souza.
3: Yeah. Um, we are, it, it is interesting to see, and we're, we're talking a little bit about the Inflation Reduction Act this morning. Mike Crapo was, uh, here with Nate Shellman on his show yesterday. By the way, if you want to hear that interview, he had some interesting things to say about that. One of the things that, uh, Mike Crapo talked about is that, you know, Democrats were saying the intention of this bill is not to go after anybody who makes less than $400,000 a year. And Republicans tried to introduce a, an amendment that would make that the rule of law that you wouldn't be going after anybody who makes over under $400,000 a year. Uh, However, that amendment was not passed and put into that bill. So if people who make less than $400,000 see their taxes increase, or if the IRS (laughs) does audits on them based on the amount of money and number of people who are going to be hired for the uh, IRS, you, you can't say, well, it's not against the law. He said that wasn't our intention.
4: Yeah. Do you suppose they would vote for an amendment that said uh, we will not raise taxes on people making under four hundred thousand dollars a year unless, for some reason, it becomes necessary to do so? <laughs> and if that's the case, there might as well not be an amendment. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Which it turned out unless there, unless of course you can put in there after the vote there
3: wasn't. What's your What's your definition? And specifically, when we need or what? How did you put that? If there's a need to do so, what you what? Nobody ever runs for office specifics on that.
4: Nobody ever runs for office giving a speech and say, it says, "Ideally, this is what will happen." <laughs> while I'm, uh, you know, if I'm elected, they say this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Might be completely impossible, but that's what they say anyway.
3: Uh Senator Joe Manchin, by the way, uh the reason that the Inflation Reduction Act was passed pretty much was because of him. He had basically not. Been in support of the bill for over seven months. They worked it out, scaled it back, and
4: he got some concessions. And now people are sort of acting like they just assumed cut ties with him.
3: Mm-hmm. Now that they got what they want, now Mansion this week has cautioned far-left Democrats that double-crossing him by blocking legislation to streamlining fossil fuel and renewable energy projects in his state would only jeopardize their green agenda. Now, in exchange for the conservative uh, Democrats' crucial vote to pass the party's $740 billion tax and climate spending law called the Inflation Reduction Act, Democratic leaders promised to approve a separate bill to slash bureaucratic permitting regulations that often delay energy infrastructure projects for years, maybe even decades. Some House Democrats now don't want to keep their side of the bargain. Manchin said, I've got... The hard left right now saying, hell no, we're not going to do anything now that makes yeah, it look like I'm, we're helping Manchin.
4: I know that was our agreement, but we already had the vote.
3: In addition
4: to fast-tracking... You're surely not going to hold me to it now.
3: <laughs> in addition to fast-tracking various energy projects, Manchin wants the permitting overhaul to include measures to jumpstart the stalled $6.6 billion West Virginia Mountain Valley Pipeline. That was the number one thing that he got as a concession to back the uh, inflation reduction act he has warned of a government shutdown if both parties don't get behind his proposal this is something This is a quote from mansion by the way this is something the republican party has wanted for the last five to seven years that i've been with them it either keeps the country open or we shut down the government that'll happen september thirtieth so let's they, see how the politics play out
4: do they know when they threatened to shut down the government but that that's what some people want them to do anyway? Probably not wrong. Because they never shut down 100% of it. No. They shut down a large percentage of it, which, again, is
3: what a lot of people would like to see. House progressives have argued that they're not obligated to a secret handshake agreement on permitting reform because they were not involved, and it would undercut their climate achievements by allowing faster completion of fossil fuel projects for decades to come.
4: that's the old old Orrin hatch thing uh we agreed not to go through that line of questioning well i I was in the bathroom at the time i didn't agree (laughs) to anything
3: that's what they're saying right now representative rashida to michigan democrat recently told the american prospect that we sure and this is her quote i'm not putting this words in her mouth we sure as hell don't owe joe manchin anything now unquote
4: exactly the vote already happened
3: we we got what we wanted screw you Okay, that wasn't a quote. That was me saying right. kind of what she well, basically it's, it's says the, there
4: without saying yeah, it. I was going to say it's the spirit of her quote.
3: House Natural Resources Committee Chair Paul Grijalva, Arizona Democrat, wrote in Newsweek uh, op-ed that Democrats don't owe anybody anything in return for passing the bill. In other words, if you read between the lines here, screw you, we got what we wanted <laughs> already.
4: So it really wasn't a compromise bill then.
3: Well, I mean, it was a compromise bill. No, to get well, it they're passed, acting like they just talked but, him yeah, into it. Exactly. Like, we well, yeah. just kept saying please, and finally he said, yeah, "Okay." Um, what I mean, what's he going to do about it now? Well, he's told you what he's going to do if uh, Republicans or Democrats don't back what the agreement was, and 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 I know saying, "Hey, if Republicans don't back the agreement, here's here's the deal." Why would Republicans back a Democratic? bill for an agreement, it's because Republicans have been pushing this exact same bill for the last five to seven years. That's what Manchin claims. He goes, you've been wanting this bill for five to seven years. Now I was able to get this bill even though uh, you know it was in exchange for passing something you didn't want. Now we're going to get your bill that you've been wanting for five to seven years. I'm backing you on it. You better not try and get revenge on me for Voting with fellow Democrats to get the Inflation Reduction Act by not voting on something that you wanted for the past five to seven years, or I'm also going to vote down to shut vote to shut down the government on September 30th, also because of that. So Democrats don't screw me, Republicans don't screw me. It just shows how much power Joe Manchin still holds, basically in the in mm-hmm. the uh, Senate right now. I mean,
4: if if anybody else took the same position, they would have the exact same amount of power mm-hmm. but nobody else does. nobody
3: else does um the problem is he cited against his own party so many times that that you know he holds a lot of power just in his party without without mansion they wouldn't have got this passed depending on who you ask now apparently you know people like rashida talib screw him we don't we don't owe him nothing we just <laughs> talked him into it pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, We'll take a break here, get one final check on traffic and weather, and back to your phone calls and emails coming up.
6: Tonight at 10,
0: it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Republicans are demanding the Justice Department's justification for the search. In federal court on Monday, Trump filed to halt the Justice Department's review of the material seized in the search, requesting a special master. That's an outside individual appointed by the court to do so instead. Trump also demanded that the documents be returned. Since last year, the National Archives has been seeking documents Trump took when he departed the White House. Under U.S. law, they remain government property. The Times is reporting that Trump himself went through those boxes in late 2021 and resisted calls to turn over what was at Mar-a-Lago,
3: telling advisers they're mine, but they're not his. There may be some question to that. Washington Times uh, in a report yesterday. 2012 court case denying access to White House audio tapes kept in former President Bill Clinton's sock drawer after he left office could help Trump legal team in a battle to retrieve records that the FBI seized from Mar-a-Lago this month. Ten-year-old court ruling issued by U.S. District Court Judge Amy Berman Jackson rejected arguments by a conservative watchdog group that sought access to dozens of tapes recorded by Clinton and historian Taylor Branch during his administration. Judge Jackson ruled that the tapes belonged to Mr. Clinton, even though the discussions included a broad range of presidential matters that were recorded in the White House while he was president. The court ruled that the National Archives and Records Administration had no power to seize control of them because Mr. Clinton had used his authority under Presidential Records Act to declare the recordings part of his personal records.
4: So he he went through the whole paper process
3: doesn't say he had went through the paper paper process it just says that he declared them as part of his personal recordings so i don't
4: know but it's but it's it, in it, it's in writing somewhere that he declared it right I,
3: it doesn't say that okay see and that's what we don't know that's the question that we have on whether or not you have to write it down somewhere there has to be a paper trail this mm-hmm. is all going to be decided in court i don't i don't know the answer to it i don't know you know in, in any of the research that i have done doesn't show that there are certain Like paperwork that you have to fill out if you're going to take something out of the White House home with you um, from the archives, or if it belongs to the archives, that this is yeah. this is the I, stuff I that has to be worked out through the court. There's
4: nothing required, but I, th- I think you can leave a paper trail.
3: I think you, I, I also believe you can, you and I chance. think it has been done in the past. And quite frankly, as as we talked about this last week, that that it's kind of protocol, but the that there is broad ranging, you know legal rules for the president mm-hmm. that if he wants to take something from the white like house that, and declassify it, he can without that, um, having to go through an official process or anything
4: like that judge yesterday. That's been quoted so much. He's talking about, I'm examining the statutory part of this because they were saying, well, you know, chances are uh, the average uh, district attorney wouldn't, you know, press charges. And he says, that's, that's not uh, for me to decide whether the district attorney press char- presses charges or not. I decide about the statutory part, the, yeah. part of the, the part of the law that's actually uh, uh, written down and, and whether or not people should follow it to the, to the
3: letter. Judge Reinhart expected to rule um, day after tomorrow sometime on how much, if any, or if all, of the uh, affidavit will be released. We'll talk more about this at the top of the hour if you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700, pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless.
6: Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Whatever portion of the affidavit is ultimately unsealed will not include descriptions of former President Trump's estate. The judge said disclosing the physical layout of Mar-a-Lago could affect the Secret Service's ability to carry out its protective function. It's believed the affidavit describes where on the property the FBI believed classified documents were stored and the names of potential witnesses who could have provided that information. The new filing also left open the possibility the affidavit would have to be so heavily redacted that making it public would be meaningless. Aaron Katursky,
5: ABC News, New York. We're going to find out
3: Thursday. Basically, Judge Reinhardt has uh, ordered the Department of Justice to uh, turn over the affidavit with uh, redactions that they feel are needed, and then the judge will decide whether or not those redactions are needed, whether or not the affidavit should be released to the public. I'm going to be shocked if this thing is not heavily redacted.
4: Yeah, me too. Somebody's probably working it over with a Sharpie as we speak.
3: I, I, I will be surprised equally. I'll be surprised, number one, if the judge says, you know what, we're not going to allow the release of this document. But I will also be surprised if it is not heavily redacted. Yeah. I I mean, I hope, and I I get where the Department of Justice Saying, "Hey, we can't do our. We're going to give our our case away. Plus, the names of informants. If we are are forced to to release this, I I get why they don't want to release it. However, you're you're just setting up for more criticism of the Department of Justice not being yep. transparent in in all these questions that people seem to have about." What were you searching for? Why were you searching for it? What did led you to believe? Now, Trump fired a shot yesterday. You may have heard by now that uh, the lawyers are seeking to ha- halt the uh, document inquiry. They want a special master to oversee the review, and they want the special master named and a chance to oversee the review before any more of this case goes so forward.
4: It's sort of like arbitration.
3: It's a lawsuit, basically. The suit argues that the government's handling of the search warrant raised fundamental Fourth Amendment concerns, a reference to the part of the U.S. Constitution that shields citizens from unreasonable searches and seizures without showing due cause for such actions. Trump's lawsuit comes as federal magistrates said he would consider releasing parts of the affidavit federal authorities used as a basis for that search. That's the Judge Reinhold that we told you about in his decision that he said would be coming out this Thursday. It's interesting to see where uh, some of this, you know, basically has has come from. Mm-hmm. The National Archives has been aggressively seeking the boxes of records from Mr. Trump took with him to Mar-a-Lago when he left the White House. Archivist of the United States, David Ferraro, now retired, initiated the fight over the records after watching television on Inauguration Day. Seeing Mr. Trump leave the White House for the last time, followed by an aide carrying a box, Mr. Ferraro said he became concerned that Mr. Trump was absconding with presidential records by what he saw on television. Interesting. Critics of uh, the Trump raid point to a subsequent news interview in which Mr. Ferraro said that he timed his retirement to ensure that the Biden administration would pick his successor. Which they say suggests a political bias.
4: Well, yeah, it would seem so. <laughs> but that's what, uh, you know, that's what the uh, justices of the Supreme Court do, mm-hmm. except for Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
3: There, I guess the reason maybe that that might be important is, is because, the, hey, there's no political bias going on here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing. There's no political bias. We're just doing what we're supposed to do.
4: So nothing to see here. Exactly. Right.
3: Mr. Farrar told the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee at the time that the National Archives did not pursue material. We were talking here about uh, the Bill Clinton uh, tapes that were hidden in, in his sock drawer. And subsequently, I, I guess the, the Clinton, uh, I'm sorry, not the Bill Clinton, the uh, Hillary Clinton um computers uh, and private server even though some material on the server was classified uh, they said that they were they deferred to the State Department's review the FBI never raided Mrs. Clinton's Chappaqua New York home to take possession of the server instead her attorney turned over the server in a thumb drive with copies of emails many of them classified in top secret that had been handed over to the State Department so I guess if people are asking, you know, why why didn't the same treatment get happened? Of, of Hillary Clinton is, I guess, Ferraro is saying because we asked for this stuff to be turned over and she turned it over. Mm-hmm. We asked for Clinton to, or for uh, Trump to turn his stuff over, and we didn't believe he turned over everything. Okay, that's his reasoning. I whether you believe that or not.
4: Last night there was somebody on a. Uh, I know that he's a member of Congress, and he was uh, a Republican. And he was saying that uh, he knew for a fact that President Trump had only borrowed those things because he's writing his memoirs. And interestingly enough, the same guy two weeks earlier had said that the FBI planted everything. (laughs) And I guess the only thing he has to explain is why would the FBI be helping uh donald trump write his memoirs by you know transporting things to his house
3: i don't know about you but you know how i can tell when somebody is lying
4: when their lips are moving
3: no when they start out a sentence with i know for a fact yeah there
4: we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and, i know
3: for a fact no you don't unless you're the actual person you don't know for a fact there are usually only two people that know for sure the person that did the thing and god that's it So saying, I know for a fact, Mm -hmm. you, you probably don't know for a fact. Chances are. EJ, Meridian, good morning. You're on New Stock KBOI.
1: Good morning, gentlemen. I have a perfect solution for something exciting about this big bill that they're going to have all of these tax auditors, thousands upon thousands, as an act of good faith. Why don't all present and past, senators and congressmen have all of their accounts done first and then that would just make it wonderful agreed
3: um well
1: <laughs> what do you mean have, they,
4: their, have their accounts done first
3: i, I, I think she means audit their
1: accounts all of their assets all of their things all of their tax records going back from when they were born yeah. so you know in
3: other words an but, audit is what you're talking about?
1: An audit of all of the past, present, and let all of their records be checked, so all of these tax auditors can have all that good experience, and we can <laughs> really know what's going on. I think a it's lot of them, idea.
4: A lot of them do frequently get audited because they are rich.
1: But you know what? Who audits them? Well, I think no, the I think
3: IRS.
4: I believe happen. it's still the IRS. Yeah. Well,
1: what would happen? Well, I they, think I'd do somebody else.
3: <laughs> thank you for the call, EJ. What, what would happen if that? I mean, it would be illegal. But what would happen if you said, "Hey, for uh, those elected officials, you would have to go through an IRS audit just to prove well, that you weren't right. trying to screw the government." I mean, uh, that would that would be a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, first <laughs> of all, you couldn't get anybody in Congress to vote for it. Legislature. Yeah. Same with the well, legislature. That's no government uh, people sign have, up People have said
4: it. for years that if 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 every member of Congress had to, had to adhere to uh, every bill that is passed, you because know, because they don't. For instance, none of them had to go uh, with you know Obamacare. They, they, it was all provided for them. But if if they had to live by everything that they have passed, how many things would still pass?
3: Good point. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we will take a break. Uh, phone phone lines are open right now if you want to weigh in. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. Or if you would like, you can uh, also text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700.
6: Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton.
0: This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
3: 1 800 529 5264. That's toll free if you want to get through. 208 336 for everybody else. You have Verizon Wireless, special number, just hit pound 670. Email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, Email from Wayne says, this weekend, Secretary uh, Granholm stated that clean energy will be the greatest peace plan ever. Apparently ignorant of the fact that the majority of heavy metals required to produce the required batteries and motors are controlled by other countries, many not friendly to the United States. Personally, I believe that electrification is great, but for many aspects of our transportation system, the technology is not available. Energy independence is a means to peace, and our administration destroyed that.
4: That's uh, how we uh, generally make friends with countries around the world, is we get into a position where we owe them money.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and we we owe a lot of money to China, but we we don't seem to be friendly with China.
4: Yeah, We're friendly enough. Uh, Dave says, this whole witch hunt is just ridiculous. I wonder what would be found if every politician was investigated in the same fashion. Until they are all, this is really not fair in any way, shape, or form. The judges should also be investigated. If we are going to go along with this, then how about make it fair for everybody? Those who are found guilty should go directly to jail. Well, I'm guessing those who are found guilty will go directly to jail, except the uh, Congress, nobody in Congress will send them there. They can't.
3: Corey writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com, Hillary smashed cell phones, removed SIM cards, deleted hard drives, wiped out hard drives and laptops that were all under subpoena. Is that what liberals call handing over uh, requested documents? Um, no, that that's not. And that was kind of my point. It's uh, that they, they requested documents be handed over so that they could say, look, we asked for the documents and she handed them over. Even though um, Clinton, this is according to a Washington Times article, Deleted an additional 33,000 mails she deemed personal, which is kind of what Trump is doing here. It's like he's saying that these are his personal stuff. They're mine, mine. She deemed them personal, so she deleted them from the emails uh, that were requested. She used a widely available software program called Bleach Bit, which made the uh, messages impossible to recover. Uh, Jason Foster, a former chief investigative counsel for the Senate Judiciary Committee, said the FBI even helped Mrs. Clinton by destroying the records she handed over to the agency. That blocked further scrutiny or any congressional oversight.
4: Did they? Uh, Lisa says, hi, Chris, during the top of the hour news, the reporter says that Trump said, but they're mine regarding the documents. The reporter then says, but they're not. Why is the reporter inserting his opinion in a news segment? this blending of facts and opinion is why the news, at least nationally, is not trustworthy. I don't think he believed that was his opinion. I think the the particular documents he was talking about uh, are supposed to be in the National Archives, assuming those are the documents that they got from Mar-a-Lago.
3: Right. And that's where the argument stands right now. I, I, I see your point of asking that question because we played the uh, same news clip. And I I thought at the time, it's like, well, okay, who's who's saying that they're not? You have one person saying that they are personal and they're mine. The other saying, no, they're they're not. And I think this this is all these questions are going to be answered in court because you have everybody disagreeing on the opinion on whether or not they can be declassified, whether or not they are personal or not. What is personal? What isn't personal? You know, to the archives. Have a right to say no. These belong to us. They don't belong to you, just because you say they are personal. Mm.
4: Um, yeah. The, now the archives, is, the archives, wouldn't be interested in tapes. Uh, you know, they said that Clinton had tapes of everything, but he made arrangements for them to be his own. The, the archives, since not everything is taped in the White House and doesn't have to be, no the the archives don't require that you turn that over the only time it was required to be turned over is when it was subpoenaed by congress during the nixon administration when they found out that he had been taping things and you know talking about well every anything and everything on tape Brandon.
3: now there i i will say that the 2012 court case was the archives suing bill clinton to get those audio tapes
4: mm-hmm but they lost
3: they lost judge judge jackson ruled that the tapes belonged to mr clinton even though uh... the national archives and record administration um, wanted to have them for the archives uh... she said that uh... the records administration had no power to seize control of them because mr clinton used his authority under presidential records act to declare the recordings part of his personal records unquote
4: well and and if uh... president trump had followed the exact same
3: act uh,
4: chances are i mean and, and maybe he did i don't know yeah but if it turns out that he did i mean you know good for him but if it turns out that he didn't um i'm just saying he, he probably should have could have made it easier for him Brandonon says uh, crazy how much voter fraud has been uncovered more crazy things coming up hold on to your lug nuts i'm not sure whether that was facetious or not
3: i'm not sure either Uh, Kevin Caldwell, thanks for being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Got about a minute here, Kevin.
13: Good morning. Hey, yeah, I find it kind of ironic that that judge that hates Trump so much, that Berman Jackson gal may have set the precedent in this whole thing where he he gets to keep his records. But, you know, listening to Bongino on your own station, he recently had dinner with Trump after the raid. I would say that he probably has some pretty good firsthand knowledge. And supposedly the records that Trump was hanging on to that they took – or a lot of them are the evidence showing the collusion between the FBI on the Russian hoax investigation, in which case the FBI, if that's true, would be basically stealing back documents to, that would incriminate them. And I find it really disgusting that the judge just determines whether or not the affidavit is unsealed as the same judge that signed the uh, warrant. I mean, that's like the, the fox guard in the henhouse. I mean, it's, it's, the whole double standard in this thing is just awful. And then finally, Hillary Clinton and her emails and all that stuff, there's no comparison between her and Trump. He has executive privilege. He's a president. He can declare things no longer top secret or he can unclassify them. She could not. So there's no comparison between the two.
3: That's I, all. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Thanks. That's a, and the point he makes there is why I, I think it's important that these documents are unsealed. Or else, you're going to have people on both sides saying, "However, they, if they they're did top, this for political purposes." However, the other side, they did this yeah, for political purposes. If they
4: are in fact top secret, then they won't be.
3: Right. 3700 three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless, and then that goes into the same problem um, that we talked about. You know, if they if they are deemed top secret, how do you even have a court case? Because the jurists aren't going to be able to look at the evidence.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, how do you find 12 peers that are allowed to see the evidence when the evidence is supposedly deemed top secret? Whether it is or is not.
4: Yeah. It's, Two, a good, it's a good question.
3: 208 336 3700 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Uh, if you'd like to get through, we've got some old lines open for you right now. Remember, you can always email us if you'd like to. Chris at KBY.com or Mike at KBY.com.
0: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are. News
3: talk KBOI. 208-336-370, 3700 six seven on your Verizon Wireless. You can also uh email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh email uh in um are at uh, Mike at KBOI.com, I wanted to uh, get to this morning over our last uh, couple of uh, breaks. Um, DC says, uh, I read a local article over the weekend saying it will take someone to work something like 170 hours per week at minimum wage to afford a two-bedroom apartment in Boise. I once made minimum wage, but I was 15, living at home. Who are these people that can only make minimum wage while needing a two-bedroom apartment? Who? I can't tell you who they are. I can tell you that rents have done like housing prices have gone up appreciably over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the thing um, with rents. We're we're hearing, and Chris and I were just talking about this off the air. Boise was one of the COVID what they call it boom towns. COVID boom towns. Yeah, <clears throat> where housing market just you know went up astronomical exploded and it did now that the housing boom apparently is is over and things are coming back to earth and getting back to normal you're going to have more and more people that still are not going to be wanting to or being able to purchase homes because of what interest rates are doing or are waiting so what does that do puts more pressure on the rental industry so even though housing prices are going down rental prices probably aren't going to be dropping for a while because you have so many more people that are wanting to rent instead of buy.
4: Also, I'm not aware that rental process rental prices ever drop.
3: That's another good point. Come to think of it. <laughs> um, I, I, we have a couple segments left and I, I, w- I wanted to bring this up because it, it is looking like that there is a possibility. And we've talked about in the past why this isn't, hasn't been done before, why hasn't the legal hurdle, hurdles been, been cleared to make this a possibility? And I'm talking about tiny homes. Um, tiny homes could be coming to Meridian. Alpha Development Group wants to transform just over 16 acres of land on the southwest corner of Victory and Meridian Road into a tiny home community. Community would have 134 single-family rental homes and be called Klein Huis. I don't know if that's a correct huis. pronunciation. Is it Huis? I don't know. It's Dutch. Could be right. Klein Huis, which means tiny homes in Dutch. Pro- proposed community would be a mix of one-story, two- and three-bedroom units. The one-bedroom units would be around 650 square feet. Two-bedroom units, 950 square feet, and three-bedrooms would be almost 1,300 square feet. Community would also offer some open space for residents, along with a clubhouse, a pool, other amenities... It would be determined later through a demographic study. In addition to the community, common areas, uh, each of the individual units would feature a private backyard area. Some of the three-bedroom units would include an attached garage. The rest of the community would have 290 parking stalls with 134 of them being covered. The application seeking annexation and uh, zoning change approval for the City of Meridian. Meeting date has not been set on that. You've had uh, Garden City. Tiny home communities uh, up for discussion during a Garden City City Council meeting last month. Developers Hannah Ball and Jason Jones left council members with two main questions surrounding code changes that would allow for tiny homes in Garden City. What defines a tiny home community and should RVs be a part of that community? Developers say changing the code to allow for homes would bring in a new style of affordable housing. Proposed zone change defines a tiny home as a movable home on a trailer or wheels built out of home construction materials with a ground floor no greater than 400 square feet. I don't know why zoning, I mean, you, you have heard nothing but complaints from Boise City Council, from the mayor of Boise, saying we have a catastrophe on our hands of people not being able to pay for rent not being able to buy houses this would be an easy way to do it but you'd have to change city code why are they not getting behind something like this you i mean you heard the description there of the uh, tiny homes in uh, uh-huh. meridian i mean that sounds just the only difference that being uh... a subdivision just a regular subdivision And this tiny home subdivision is the size of the homes. I mean, 1,300 square feet, still a fairly large, I mean, it's called a tiny home, but 1,300 square feet is, that's a big apartment. That's a decent size apartment, right? Yeah. Even even the 1,000 square foot two bedroom, that's bigger than a lot of apartments I ever lived in. Me too. Most of the apartments I lived in were around 800 square feet, Mm -hmm. two bedroom apartments.
4: I had one that was 600.
3: One but two bedroom, that's a small. No, it's one. There's one bedroom. Yeah, I was same thing. I had one that was like 600 square feet. So that's the size of a tiny home. Except these these homes would have their own backyards. So in some cases, the three car garage or the uh, three bedroom homes, tiny homes would uh, have a, a garage to go with them. Garage, so I mean, really, carport, like yeah, that. the really something. Yeah, the the only real difference here is this, the size of the home. So what I guess what is the pushback? of being allowing uh zoning changes for these to be put in you you can have a homeowners association that could decide whether or not in the certain neighborhoods that they're building these it's like no we don't want to allow campers or rvs to be a part of the tiny homes even though tiny homes in most cases have wheels you can have tiny homes that are built without wheels true um i i I get the point that people wouldn't want to have RVs as part of a tidy home community. No offense to RVs, but it junks up the place. Yeah, you know,
4: aesthetically, it it isn't that pleasing.
3: Why? Why wouldn't I mean, you want are, to change the zoning laws enormous, to allow people
4: to have these there are <laughs> enormous communities in Arizona and Florida that are made up of nothing but
3: the difference in in pricing? You're you're looking at. You know, instead of the average price of a home in Boise right now is around four hundred thousand dollars, the average price of a tiny home would be around a hundred. Allowing that, people to buy into that, it uh, that can't afford a four hundred thousand dollar home.
4: Exactly. That would be that would be better.
3: It gets their it gets their first I mean that that's how you get a bigger home. You buy your first home, you sell that for a profit, you move up to a bigger home. Now, one thing I, I guess maybe you might want to do, and, and once again, I don't know if it's it's legal or not. I guess it could be if if your HOA is set up for it. Because a lot of people are concerned, oh, there are just going to be big developers who come in, build these homes, and then they, they're they just going to rent them out, and there's not going to be the ability to own the homes. HOAs can set that. You, I mean, I, I've lived in an HOA area before that said rental homes were not allowed. You weren't allowed to rent out your home. Yeah, true. You know, so you could do you could do the same same thing because you know, as an investor, it's kind of cheap to buy a one hundred thousand dollar rental property. You know, in, so,
4: the, in the last two or three years, there has been so much uh, going on by companies who have been offering cash uh, for homes. You know, they'll they'll give you a cash offer right mm-hmm. now, and they'll buy it up, but then they'll use it as a rental. Yeah, and there are certain neighborhoods that, as you
3: said, simply don't want that. You have huge conglomerates who are also doing that.
4: One of the things that used to be a big deal when you lived in a neighborhood was knowing all the families who lived in your neighborhood, and you'd be friends with them, you'd know their kids, etc., etc. And anymore, uh, if you live in a neighborhood, chances are you, you don't know that many people because of the rental situations people come and go mm.
3: you know if you are concerned like i said hoas can make up their own rules as, as long as it's it's legal and i get it the concern right now because you have a lot of these big um fund companies who are buying up real estate as an investment they're they're not in it to do anything other than turn the homes into rentals which you're competing against first-time buyers and that Particularly could be the case in this instance where you say, "Hey, wait a minute! Here's another investment," but if you have HOA saying, "Nope, can't do that," that get get, gets rid of the you know companies like BlackRock who are going and doing this. Uh, email in, um, no name says, "Tiny homes are the answer?" Question mark. You know better, Mike. The World Economic Forum has told us tiny pods are what all of us are going to be forced into. You call them homes now, but they call them pods. There'll be 600 square feet on top of each other where we'll be eating bugs in the future, meat perhaps once a month as a treat, we'll own nothing, gotta love the elite's future for us, and you promote it like it's something to be desired. How about pushing freedom? I, I'm, I'm sorry, a tiny pod and a tiny home are two different things. Yeah, they are. I, and the World Economic Forum is pushing tiny pods where you have a shared bathroom, shared kitchen, you just have your own bedroom. That's not what this is. This is your own home except that it's a 600-square-foot home with all the amenities or a 900-square-foot two-bedroom home or a 1,300-square-foot three-bedroom home. A 1,300-square-foot home is as big as some condos that you are able to purchase.
4: Earlier, we were mentioning uh, that that there are politicians who have been sending out, well, requests for money, and they're, they're talking about, you know, nobody knows what the Idaho values are. We have our own Idaho values and kind of acting like everybody who lives in Idaho suddenly has these exact same values. Curtis writes in and says, I live in Idaho and I value cannabis. That would make cannabis an Idaho value. Uh, A minor one. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do live in Idaho. And if you value something, that's an Idaho value. Uh,
3: Another uh, email on the World Economic Forum track uh, says, quit pushing the stupid narrative. You're part of the stupid plot to downsize our stupid homes. 1,600 square feet homes are not that different from the 1,300 you're pushing. It's not a cause worth going after. You'll start at 1,300, then push us down to 600 square feet. The World Economic Forum wants us in. We don't need small homes. We need small government that doesn't destroy its citizens with high inflation of gas. No, I'm not... Pushing that all homes be pushed, and that you're only allowed to buy sixteen hundred or thirteen hundred square foot homes. But if you want to, why can't you?
4: Yeah,
3: it's your right. Why? If why can't you? Can you if if that's all you can afford, why shouldn't you have the right to buy a home? Yeah, if,
4: if that's all you can afford, why shouldn't there be something in your price range
3: for three hundred thousand dollars less than the next cheapest home? Why yeah. shouldn't you have the ability to be able to do that? that? Has nothing to do with the World Economic Forum,
4: John has uh, written in and says what if the government scientists of the world have found the nearest star is changing such that there is no solution within human capacity that can be done to correct it i.e. getting warmer and the unilateral movement is to blame it on the earth occupiers say the way to fix it is to go electric change the economy control free speech make digital currency, and control the masses by any means necessary, this would never happen. Thank you, John.
3: 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a uh, quick break. If you're on the phone, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you coming up next. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino.
0: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris,
3: live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670. On your Verizon Wireless, Mike and Boise, good morning. You're on Talk KBOI.
5: Good morning. Uh, I would start off by saying uh, if we build it, they will come, and all the traffic will come with it. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in Boise. Uh, the changes, I'm not happy with. But we're... 10, 20 years down the road, 30, I'm not going to worry about 30 years down the road, but, uh, you could still you know, be
3: alive by then. Come on, Mike. I don't,
5: I, I don't think I'd want to be, okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, we're building all these apartments and low income and all that. And you only have to look at what happened in the South side, of Chicago, the Baltimore area, all of those, they did that 50 years ago. And, and, now you have government project housing everywhere. Um, all of these people are moving in. With the traffic is just a disaster in this valley now, um, and with more people moving in, you know my house is only I think a little over twelve hundred square feet, so I must live in a dump or something I guess now. Uh, but it's paid let for. Me, let me let me ask um, you this,
3: Mike. Um, since you live in a twelve hundred square feet house, and you can get you know easily find here in Boise two bedroom apartments for for around 1,200 square feet, would you rather live in a house, your own house, 1,200 square foot, two-bedroom house, or would you rather live in a 1,200 square foot apartment with people all around you?
5: I would take the house uh, anytime, day or night. But a lot of people like that apartment living. Um, I mean, I've got friends that think it's great. Uh, I think they're a little screwed up, but uh, they may think I'm the same way. But the concern I have of what we're turning Boise into, um, and eventually the people that are in the houses and then they're gonna wanna find, and the economy's gonna change, they go to a bigger house, uh, they leave the apartments. Uh, you go out a five-mile on Lake Hazel. I couldn't believe it the other day, uh, the places where I used to go pheasant hunting. Uh, you can't now. There's a McDonald's, and Albertsons, and apartment complex. But um, the question is, is, where is it going to stop and where is it going to start? And the problem is it started a long time ago. And if we don't get a handle on this, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to this city. It's going to turn into half and half. And yeah. um, and like I said, the traffic, you know, these big apartment complexes, they're making money. They're making money. You know, their property taxes have actually went down a little bit. It's if you own a home, your property taxes went up. Developers control this community. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's just a fact of life. And these companies coming in, buying houses and turn them into rentals, they're making huge profits. Well,
3: they, they, uh, And, and they wouldn't be doing it if they weren't making huge profits. You know, nobody gets right. Nobody gets into lose money. Hey, we've got, we got to run. i got one more call I've got to get to before the end of the Take show. Care. Mike, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, Vicky council, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. We've got about 30 to 45 seconds here.
1: I just wanted to say we raised three children in 960 square feet in council. The winters are long. My husband worked at night's or during, he slept during the day and worked at nights, and we all turned out okay. It's what we could afford. And we had our own place. We had our own space. And, you know, if that's what you can afford, there's nothing wrong with it.
3: Yeah, I agree I agree with you. Thanks for sharing, Vicki, thanks for listening and counsel this morning. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
4: Yeah, growing up with or without money, either way, I mean, that doesn't guarantee success or doesn't guarantee you'll be a well-rounded or, uh, you know, a law-abiding person. That's up to you.
3: We can talk more uh, about this uh, tomorrow morning. But like I said, I mean, tiny homes don't have to come on, on wheels. You, you have, you know, these homes that can be built on foundations that then they're just smaller than regular homes. And mm-hmm. the price is also smaller, so it allows people who can't afford to get into a home to get into that first home and, and start building wealth like the rest of the Americans are trying to do. Thanks for the phone calls and uh, emails. We're going to be on a 20-hour break. We've got more Costa Vida coming up here for you tomorrow morning. Another chance to win that $50 gift certificate. Um, We'll get out, enjoy the semi-heat today, and be back tomorrow morning. Have yourself a great day.